Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. That is me. It is. It's always you every time I say that. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week we are discussing a Netflix original film, um, a new release at the end of 2020 called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, um, which... The title was not what I thought it was going to mean at all. I thought it was going to be like somebody who was suicidal, but that's, that's not what it was about. <laughs> that's also what I assumed when I saw the title. And then it makes sense also in the context of relationship, which is what it is. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so that that took me. I was like, oh, well, this movie's already not what I was expecting it to be. <laughs> uh, but then it gets weirder. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's see if I can describe this to somebody in... A couple of sentences. <laughs> um, so basically, the story is about um, a young couple. Um, the woman does not have a name, mm -hmm. even on IMDb. She is just called the young woman, mm -hmm. and the man is called Jake. And they are they they believe they've been dating for like seven weeks, and she's going to meet his parents, but. Um, the way my way my husband actually described this movie to me before I watched it was that it was one of the weirdest movies he's ever seen in his life. And yes, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I mean, is it stranger than like Mirror Mask? I mean, I think in its own way, mm. with with like how I'm interpreting it, like sure. I have a lot of I have some theories about what I think this all means. Okay. Um, so it, it, it's not weird in the same way that Mirror Mask is weird or the same way that Unicorn Store is weird, but it's <laughs> weird. Yes. I mean, it might not be as weird as Unicorn Store because there is a real fucking unicorn in that movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> But um, anyway, so what, what did you think of it? So hmm, <laughs> my thoughts. Okay, I think that visually and like from a cinemagraphic standpoint, it was stunning. I liked so much about what I saw in the movie. Yeah. Um, I think one of the first things I said to you after watching the first 20 minutes is that it's very quotable. So there yes. are lots of sort of very deep, um, you know, quotes and discussions about various topics, which I found very interesting. Yes. Um, I, the, the concept is curious to me though i don't know that i completely understand what it is um <laughs> but it's definitely a niche genre like it's not something i would recommend to just anyone if i knew someone who was very into film and sort of the bizarre nature that some films can take i would yeah. suggest it but like i would not for example tell my mother to watch this <laughs> yeah no it's definitely an independent movie yes <laughs> it doesn't have you know the big theater feel <laughs> no what about you what were your thoughts on it okay so i have a lot of thoughts okay. on this movie at first like you said i was very the cinematography is amazing and it, the conversation that they were having in the way that especially the woman talks yeah um i i loved but I, at the same time i was like I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> like, why are they having this conversation? It seemed like these deep in-depth kind of conversations yeah. seemed to kind of just bubble out of nowhere, out of like what had been like a pleasant, normal, you know, we've been dating seven weeks kind of couple conversation. Mm -hmm. It like super deep 
conversations and I'm just like, where did that come from? Yeah. Um, so I, and like, I could follow the storyline, like they were in a car driving to his parents' house, but like the conversation was like all over the place. Um, and I think that's intentional. Yeah. Um, I mean, to the but, extent that even at some point she sort of breaks out in a monologue in like a slightly different <laughs> accent for like 10 minutes. So it's and, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then his, parents mm-hmm. are two of the weirdest characters <laughs> like in any movie they're yeah. so strange and the film is shot at at the parents house in a way where like you as the viewer are it's trying to make you feel uncomfortable like you're supposed to feel like awkward and uncomfortable watching this because if you're like you would try to imagine yourself in that scenario scenario at all it's like so uncomfortable feeling <laughs> mm-hmm it's definitely an uncomfortable overall. And it's like, um, they kind of play up the part that Jake feels uncomfortable around his parents, which makes everything a little tense because like he reacts quite differently to what his parents are saying than, for example, you know, Ames slash Lucy slash Lucia slash young woman. Um, yeah. Which is something that's like definitely, I think, touching on something that probably happens quite frequently when you meet the parents and like you know you don't really fully understand the connection between like your partner and their family right and so maybe you go in with some preconceived notions but it's definitely very bizarre um although it was nice to see um uh david thulis i think is his name the guy who played remus lupin as the father that was fun yeah yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right um so I, I have, after I stopped watching this yesterday, I kind of started yeah. thinking about it. And I've, I think I understand, like, what is happening in this movie. And it's okay. kind of like a long, <laughs> like, it's going to take me a few minutes to explain everything. So okay. hold tight, everybody. <laughs> and then you can tell me, like, what you think okay. after I get so I think that the janitor and Jake are supposed to be the same person. Yes. And the janitor um, is like is everything else that's happening is happening in the janitor's mind. Mm-hmm. Like it's memories mixed with kind of fictional um, fantasies, basically. So he's working at the school he went to high school with um, as an old man, as a janitor in the building. And he, this, what he's remembering is, is that it's, I don't think he's really remembering it because you see at one point he is watching a movie on mm. the screen of a young woman in a diner. And that's like, and they're, they make a joke about like the kind of burger he, he was gonna order in the movie. And that's like the scenario that young Jake tells like his parents how they met was at a diner initially and then it gets changed multiple times throughout um so i think that like what he what is happening in the in the younger jake and the unnamed woman is all just in his mind it's this fantasy that he's created for himself because he never actually met somebody and fell in love and had a relationship so he's um probably initially when he was younger and fantasizing this mm-hmm. it was more when you get the glimpses of them where they're happy and it's like the seven week you know dating flirting kind of couple but over the years um you know the the 
the fantasy is turned darker. You see aspects of like modern life seeping into it with like the cell phone, with like references to the Me Too movement, with the you know "Baby It's Cold Outside" song. So yeah. like all of these like modern things are kind of seeping in and ruining this fantasy for him, or mm-hmm. or distorting it kind of. Um, and this is like the version that it is now for him. And I mean, at the end of the movie, the janitor just gets out of the car naked and walks through the building and just imagines like everybody in his life in the audience as he's like on this like award-winning stage (laughs) performing and they're all just like so happy and you know amazed by him up there so i think he's like delusional and crazy too (laughs) yeah that's pretty much what i got from it too i definitely made the connection between the janitor and jake and assumed based on the end that he was definitely suffering from some sort of delusions and sort of hallucinating. Because, you know, one of the things he sees is the pig with the maggot-filled gut that's bleeding all over the place that's talking to him. Uh, As you say, he has that whole scene. And that's kind of interesting, too, because when he goes on stage, as he's heading there, he's the actor who's playing the janitor. But when he gets there and we see... Uh, him accepting like the Nobel Prize and, and he sings um, Lonely Room from Oklahoma. He, it's the actor who played Jake, um, so Jesse Plemons in old people makeup. Right. So yeah. it's like, um, it's in, in, you know, he had talked about Oklahoma and the fact that he would watch like students and we see the janitor watching students playing Oklahoma kind of creepily. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> and all this thing. And then we also see a part which is like, you know, sort of breaking into this sort of delusion as well when um, both um, Jake and the young woman are replaced by dancers and they do this yeah. whole like pas de deux, um, you know, like a duet routine or whatever, which is very much something that happens in Oklahoma as well in like a dream sequence. So it's like mixing a lot of those elements. So I kind of liked the recall of Oklahoma because it was kind of offhandedly mentioned at the beginning. And then we see like the (laughs) students doing it and it's sort of sprinkled throughout. So it was kind of interesting and like very beautiful to see the dancers doing that. But one thing I'm, I'm a little confused about, and maybe you have feelings about this, is that there's the whole scene during the, during the dance where, um, you know, Jake and the young woman are, essentially getting married or whatever and about to kiss and then the janitor breaks in implying that to some extent that must be two incarnations of people or like somehow they're different why do you think what do you think that is supposed to mean maybe just like maybe he had an opportunity to marry somebody for happiness and he did something himself Mm. that stopped that from happening when he was younger you know he he broke up his own marriage or his own potential for happiness Mm. somehow um yeah i'm not sure (laughs) yeah that would make sense yeah and so he sees a part of him as sort of the romanticized hero and a part of him as the villain which is the janitor's role in a way and I, I think that supports the idea that this is all kind of just a fantasy in his mind. Because, like, if you're if you're just you know fantasizing something or thinking about something, it, it can change drastically to where you're suddenly dancing around in a building, you know, or it can switch really quickly to a, a really in depth conversation in your mind. You don't you don't have to have like these normal transitions in conversation right. for that to happen. It can just it immediately is to start thinking about something else kind of thing. So I think that's why it's shot the way that it is too 
too to kind of just show that jumping around of like um the, the chain of thought within this fantasy mm-hmm. <clears throat> that makes sense yeah it's yeah. as i say like very visually appealing but it, it does leave i think the other thing that they touch on which it is supposed to be i think what we glean from a lot of the interactions in the in the house yeah is that they talk about and i think it's um the young woman who at some point and i didn't write the whole quote down and i kind of wish i had but it talks about basically her understanding of time and how time Ooh, works I wrote that quote down. Okay. <laughs> if you have it and wouldn't yeah. mind reading it that yeah. would be great <laughs> it down it was long but then i had i'm like no i'm gonna want that yeah (laughs) so she says people like to think of themselves as points moving through time but i think it's probably the opposite we're stationary and time passes through us blowing like cold wind stealing our heat leaving us chapped and frozen right which is i hope that's the quote you were talking it was (laughs) yeah and i i kind of really love that and i think that's kind of what we're supposed to get from the from the interactions in the in the house because you know she sees all different stages of the parents from like relatively young to quite old um to nearly dead or dead i don't know the mother looked pretty dead in the bed yeah Um, or maybe even like the day that she died kind of thing he's remembering that and i think that the fluidity of like um their their mental state and their their physical age also kind of plays into the idea that he's just remembering them at different periods in their life throughout the fantasy kind of thing yeah and i just remembered something that kind of make that adds to your idea that like all of this is just sort of his creation in his mind and and she and the young woman whether she was based perhaps on someone which makes me think that maybe yeah yeah, maybe (laughs) the woman at the ice cream shop who had the rashes and was like you're you can run away maybe she was originally the one he was with who somehow you know things ended between them the woman that was at the ice cream shop her name was also lucy which is one of the names he called one point so there's that overlap but what i was going to say too is that when the young woman was looking at the pictures on the wall she at one point sees quote her who she thinks is herself but he's like oh that was me when i was young and she's like isn't that me so i think it's you know just showing us that like that idea maybe showing us that that is an incarnation of himself in a way maybe even like the idealized woman that he would have liked to be with but that never was that's that's kind of what I think. I don't think that she is any one specific person from yeah. his past. He, she's kind of based off of, you know, the Lucy that he remembered from high school who was kind of shy and kept to herself and a little awkward. And then also, you know, the different movie versions of women that he's liked kind mm-hmm. of throughout the years. Like she's just kind of this compilation of like what the perfect woman would be. Um, you know, she's smart, you know, she's not a poet, she's an astrophysicist or or a quantum physicist or something. She's studying like all these different things, might even be things that he had wanted to pursue at some point. So the idea that you're, you know, with somebody who shares the same interests as you, you know, would be appealing. Um, Yeah, the more we talk about this, the more I'm convinced I'm right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you are. I really do. And yeah, we even see the brief, brief moment when they're in the car when um, the actress who plays the young woman, Jesse Buckley, is replaced by the server from the the film that he was watching. So it's like yep. that idea that yeah, it is these these this comp, com, like um, compilation or um, 
conglomerate. conglomerate of the various women in his life to some extent. Right. right. And some that weren't really even in his life, just right. being characters from, from movies and stuff like that. Um, and I think that I, I like the way, you know, the way he portrays his mm -hmm. mother and father in his, in his memory too, because I think that they probably were pretty weird parents. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's clear it that the mother's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's clear, like, if we're to accept that his representation of his mother is correct, it's very clear that she was sort of, you know, going out of her mind to some extent and sort of losing right. grip. Yeah, I think I think that you get the impression that probably when they were younger, like, because you see her as a like a very young mother at one yeah. point where probably, you know, under 10. And she seems very put together, you know, cleaning the house kind of and everything. Um, and. I, and that's probably how he remembers her, you know, when he was young. But as she got old, I think both parents suffered dementia. And he seems like he was probably an only child. There doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be any siblings in the picture at all. He took on the full responsibility of caring for his parents. Um, and I think that the whole, like, it, thing with the basement, like, she goes, when she does go down into the basement, she finds a washing machine full of shirts that are the same shirts yeah. that the janitor wears which probably means that after his parents died he just continued living in that house like he's never had any change in his whole life he was born there he raised there he lived with his parents to take care of them after they got sick and then after they died he continued living there in that in that same farmhouse yeah yeah definitely which is why that like in the basement is in his fantasy for some reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought there was going to be something like much more creepy with the basement door, considering he kept kept it taped shut, the scotch tape. But <laughs> yeah, I also thought, yeah, there was. I thought, yeah, I, it, that was the thing. It was very difficult to know like what direction this film was going to go in, because like for yeah. a little bit, I was like, oh, is this some sort of ritual that he brings these women home and like distorts their mind and they get trapped in the house? Like I was like, what yeah. is this? <laughs> Yeah, it certainly was like, I mean, I thought he was just going to like take her there and kill her initially. <laughs> like, yeah. well, this is how guys. <laughs> well, he's very much like the creepy guy, but yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. because everything he says, for the most part, is said in like a creepy way. So like even normal things like, oh, the scratches on the basement door from the dog sound like, oh, the dog probably did them. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. He's just like, Shh, he'll hear you or whatever. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Like, you, you could have just delivered that information in a normal way and it wouldn't have sounded creepy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, maybe I maybe I need to watch it again to fully understand if there's more mysteries in the basement that I missed. But that seems to be the only thing, just that it shows that he is still living in that house as yeah. the janitor. You know, that's probably what it's about. <laughs> yeah, and it's just another thing to confirm that it is indeed the janitor and Jake are the same person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> the whole movie was, it was very interesting. Yeah. I don't think that I was bored at all while I was watching it. I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like bored with it at all. Yeah. No, I, I also wasn't bored. Yeah, definitely confused and trying to put pieces together. Um, yeah. Another thing that I was thinking about the basement just now is that when he, as the young Jake's in his mind, sees her going down there, he's very much like, no, don't don't go down there. Like, she can take care of it. Um, come help me put the chains on. Like, he's trying to, like, really get her not to go down. And I wonder to some extent if that's because 
the way that he was presenting himself was also as some sort of scholar or um because I think at the same time he was also a poet and like his mother said right. that he was a painter like he basically has all of the same <laughs> yeah basically yeah. yeah he seems he had like all the same jobs and passions as she does but he's not quite as good at them or something <laughs> oh yeah because yeah yeah you're probably this is probably where you're going with it is the paintings in the basement so I'll let you go with that well I was just gonna say that it makes me feel like in his mind because he has this idealized vision of himself he didn't want her to go down and see like you know janet or things to be like oh this is all like very strange and out of place here down down in the basement is also where she finds his paintings right yes from what he had done when he was younger i forgot about that yeah there seems to be like a little studio (laughs) right yeah no you know sort of good paintings like (laughs) halfway decent and it's also somebody you can tell they had some experience doing it yeah And I think also one of the paintings that she sees that's marketed or that seems to be attributed to like whoever Ralph Albert Blakelock was. I don't know if that's a real painter or not. Apologies for not looking that up. But (laughs) um, (laughs) his posters were all over the walls down there. And I feel like some of them looked like the picture she was showing to the parents. Maybe I'm imagining that, but it would kind of make sense because she also, when she goes into Jake's childhood room, finds a book with her, the poem that she supposedly had written earlier that day or whatever, um, in the book. So it's kind of like, I don't know if that was meant to show the passing of time while she's stationary, or if that was just meant to be like, her life is sort of an amalgamation of different aspects that Jake found appealing that he sort of cobbled together. I'm not sure. I didn't pause to see like what name was on the book or anything, but... I wonder, I wonder now, because when you said that, it, mm-hmm. when you said that it was Ralph, Albert, whatever, the R-A-B, yeah. that's the same letters that are on the janitor's shirt as the R-A-B. Um, mm. so they have the same initials, which means that Jake's name probably isn't Jake. Mm. He's probably is Ralph, Albert, whatever his name was there. <laughs> gotcha. Could be. Because yeah. that's that's the same initials that the janitor wears on his shirt. So he actually had painted these paintings that were on the walls there. Um, and maybe I'm wondering now if he actually like wrote a book of poetry and the poetry that the young woman was was reciting was actually one that he had wrote himself because mm. he says it sounds like that you're writing that about me, you know, right. which he probably did write that poem um, about himself and about his life of feeling trapped there on the farm. Yeah. Uh, wow. yeah and even at certain points i remember like and it's part of the many inconsistencies with um the young woman's um background but at one point she says she was raised in a city but then later on she says she was she grew up in a farm as well right so it's like yeah it's very much like he tries to keep himself out of this creation that he has of her or this hallucination maybe that he has of really yeah really of both of them because he's Jake in this hallucination, but in real life, he's the old janitor named Ralph, is what I'm now assuming, <laughs> and who, who is a good painter and and who has published a book of poetry. So it seems like why why is he a janitor at a high school? The only reason seems to be that because he wants to be. You know, he wants to be a janitor at the high school um, if he was successful doing other things during life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> So, 
we know we know that the janitor must be somewhat lucid because he's able to like walk around and clean in in the school yeah so but this at the same time this like hallucination or fantasy is incredibly detailed so like to the point where you would almost call it like a dream you know it's so vivid yeah how much of like do you think that that it is a dream do you think or do you think it's just like a constant like hallucination that he's living in <laughs> as as he wanders around the halls of the high school i don't know because he does seem quite lucid even though he yeah he seems quite lucid as he's like watching the students and like doing his job and things and watching the film so he does until the end yeah so i don't know if we're meant to assume that like a lot of this that's happening happens like after he goes to his truck and then it's sort of like you know everything's happening then to him and he sees all these things and we're just sort of like seeing him throughout his day but not necessarily at the same time that he's envisioning all these things um That's i don't know an interesting idea jamie because <laughs> if we assume that he got done with his job and got into his truck and took all of his clothes off mm -hmm. and then and then the rest of it from that point forward, the getting out of the truck, the walking into the school with the pig is all like either a dream or, or a continuation of this hallucination. That means that he was sitting in a truck that wasn't running naked during a winter storm. And you see it the next morning, the car is completely entombed in snow yeah. and he probably would have froze to death. Yeah. So in a way he did end it all. Or he did end things. <sighs> and the, the title takes on two meanings at that point. <laughs> That's true. And I'm not familiar with hypothermia, but I know that hypothermia, like people do have a moment of like feeling very, very warm. So they do take off their clothes, which is what I thought when I saw him taking off his clothes. I was like, oh, he's like, and he was a bit shivery. So I was like, right. oh, he's reaching that point. But yeah, I don't know if it's common to hallucinate as well. But if so, then that could all be well, due I to think that. that been mentally unsound and hallucinating for years leading up oh. to this. <laughs> this wasn't just a one-time thing kind of thing. This, this hallucination has evolved over time for him, but maybe like peaked that night mm. where he actually, you know, whether intentionally or not, freezes to death in, in that car outside of the school because they show it the next morning in sunlight and it's completely entombed. It looked like they probably got two feet of snow that night. And if you were sitting butt naked inside of a car completely entombed with snow for eight or 10 hours, you would certainly die. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very wow. true. Well, this so movie was better than I thought it was. Yeah, he did inadvertently end things. I, yeah. I'm i curious. So this is based on a, a book of the same title by someone who I assume's name is pronounced Ian Reed. Ian? I-A-I-N Reed. Um, and I'm so curious about how this reads yeah. as a book, because if it's a bit rough to follow or difficult to like grasp as a film, I'm curious how yeah. how it would be to read. That's true. Maybe maybe it might be something worth looking into, like some at least some reviews or some synopsis of the book to see if it might be worth reading. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that it's as all over the place as the movie is because I don't think that would translate nearly as well in mm -hmm. writing. Like, it would just be confusing. And honestly, <laughs> like, there would be no other level. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like it got pretty decent reception. So I'm guessing people who are familiar with the book must be pretty pleased with how it is because a lot oh, of this, um, like, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and it looks like for a lot of the, the film... Um, 
I can't remember what they're called, but um, not contests, but film things. Um, yeah. Oh, like awards? <laughs> yeah. Oh, award. Okay. Award, yeah, like film awards or whatever. It was either nominated or seems to have won several like best adapted screenplay awards. Wow. Nice. So it seems like it was pretty, pretty bomb, um, according to <laughs> reviewers who seem to know things. Um, but it's true that like, it was very, very well acted. I thought everyone did a good job at whatever they were attempting to portray. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that we, I think that we must be fairly accurate because everything yeah. kind of falls into place the more that we talked about it. So I bet that is at least to some extent what, what yeah. you know, the, the intention was. Yeah. <laughs> could be even if it's not 100 percent. yeah it looks um just to mention something because we talked about unicorn store briefly at the beginning uh apparently brie larson who was in unicorn store was meant to be the original young woman in this and then she oh. was replaced by jesse buckley so it's kind of funny that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brie larson almost was in a similarly interesting film but maybe yeah. that maybe that's why she's like i can't do another one sorry <laughs> <laughs> the unicorn store was my weirdest movie i'm not doing anything else <laughs> in reality it probably coincided when she was filming um uh, captain what is her name captain marvel or whatever but I don't know. at any rate um yeah i think see now that now that we've discussed it uh -huh. more thoroughly i feel like this is I would recommend to more people yeah. um, but like with the, the caveat that you have to be wanting to watch a movie that you have to pay a lot of attention to yes. like that if you miss all details you'll be confused I mean you'll be confused anyways but like you'll be more <laughs> confused aren't paying attention um, so you know if you're if you're up to that you don't want you can't this is this is not a movie you can watch while looking at your phone <laughs> no. you're gonna have to pay attention yeah you, you really have to um, and I, I agree. I think I would also recommend it to more people. It kind of feels like, to me, a little bit, um, it has similar, like, I mean, I think Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is much more easily followable. Like, it's very clear what the story is. Right. But in a way, it kind of reminds me of it a little bit for some reason. I'm not sure um, why, but. It, it's kind of has some similar, you know, cinematography oh. elements to also, it. Also, the director is is the same person so that could also be why <laughs> that could be why yeah, it has charlie, a similar film. charlie kaufman he oh he wrote the film eternal sunshine of the spotless mind interesting <clears throat> did you have any other quotes from from this movie um yes i have several yeah uh, so do i <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let you go first because i already said the one earlier okay well, i mean prompted by me but yes okay um so she says, the young woman says, Jake once said, um, sometimes a thought is closest to the truth, to reality, than action. You can say and do anything, but you can't fake a thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the young woman says, animals can live in the present, humans cannot, so they invented hope. Yeah, I wrote down that entire quote, but yeah, that's... that's oh, um, you can say the rest of it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it talks about death at first. So it's like everything has to die. That's the truth. One likes to think that thing that there is always hope, uh, that you can live above death. And it's a uniquely human fantasy that things will get better, born perhaps of the uniquely human understanding that things will not. 
There's no way to know for certain, but I suspect humans are the only animals that know the inevitability of their own deaths. Other animals uh, live in the present. Humans cannot, so they invented hope. It's pretty deep. You can see why I didn't write the whole thing down. No, it was very long. I had to go back (laughs) several times. Um, I like uh, the quote when Jake says, sometimes it seems like no one sees the good things that you do, that you're just alone. Yeah. And I think that sums up his relationship with his parents in like two sentences. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, he also says happiness in a family is as nuanced as unhappiness, which mm-hmm. also sort of ta- you know plays onto that role of his relationship with his family. Um, the young woman says, it's tragic how few people possess their souls before they die. Oof, that and is that good. <laughs> um, the father at some point says, <laughs> I just laughed because my mother says something that's kind of similar. But she said, oh, he I said, I'm not going to write this one down because Jamie's too. <laughs> yeah, he says, it's as cold as a witch's tit in a brass brazier. Um <laughs> Which I love. My mother always says it's as cold as a witch's tit in January, but <laughs> well, Brass Brazier was, was a good one. Yeah, it's a, a good innovation of that. <laughs> um, I liked when the pig at the end says, like the animated pig says, everything is the same when you look close enough, which is true. We're all made out of atoms. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, this is another ridiculous quote, but the father saying, his mother and I aren't old-fashioned about that sort of thing. Fucking and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then my last quote is Jake, who says, it is only in the mysterious equations of love that Mm. any logical reasons can be found. Yeah, I liked that one as well. I wrote that down. Um, I guess I'll end with with this one, which is um, the young woman saying, if you can't even tell the other person what you're thinking, that doesn't bode well. Which I think sums up some relationship things. (laughs) That's very true. And some Netflix originals that we won't name. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like every single one. Um, (laughs) Like every one that we watch except for this one. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Since I'm pretty sure that this one actually only had one real character in it and everybody else was just a product of his imagination. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, adding to that, too, is the fact that, like, anytime she would think something, he would hear it. He'd be like, yes. what was that? And she does yep. that at one point as well. So it's like, yeah, it's very clear yeah. that it, now well, that I it's see like, that. It's kind of like a cinema, like a movie representation of cinemagraphic representation. Mm-hmm. That's what I was looking for. Of, like, if you're imagining having a conversation yeah. with somebody else like how it would go like you would hear in your mind like their side of the conversation or if they thought something kind of thing so it's like that kind of a movie trying to represent that yeah definitely <clears throat> but yeah wow, this is a good movie guys you should go on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we've our discussions have sort of changed my thoughts on it um which is good yeah i thought it was a good movie to begin with coming into it but now i'm even more impressed by it <laughs> yeah no, it was good. It, it it was good. Yeah, I liked it. I guess I wasn't completely convinced by the plot or lack thereof, but I I now I now feel like I appreciate more the the story if it can so be called of of what's right. happening. Yeah. Or what we assume yeah, un- is happening. Unclear. <laughs> yeah, unclear if it's like a hallucination or just a fantasy that runs through his mind throughout the day as he's working. Um, but yeah. 
really good. <laughs> awesome. So I guess overall we would suggest that you, if you haven't already, definitely check it out. Watch it and, you know, watch it with an open mind and pay attention to it. <laughs> yes. And uh, once you do, you can let us know what you thought about it over on Twitter at NNO Podcast. Or you can send us an email at navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. There you go. And as always, we're looking for suggestions. Um, so if there's anything that you would like to see us react to, can we say that? <laughs> Discuss. Because um, it's not they a live reaction. Us react to it. <laughs> I mean, if people are interested in that, I'm sure we could arrange. But otherwise, <laughs> please, uh, yeah, let us know. Um, you can do so again on Twitter or, or through email. But we are very eager to hear from you, as always. Yes, please. Hit us up. <laughs> Alrighty, so until then, take care and bye!